0: Good evening, my dearly beloved family. Good to be with y'all tonight. Good to have Brother Jimmy here tonight. If you would, turn your Bible tonight to Titus chapter 2. I want to preach a message to y'all tonight about good works. What are good works? Titus chapter 2. Starting in verse 11, we'll read through 11 through 14. Verse 11, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world looking for that blessed hope in the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Let's pray and ask God's help. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. Above all, Father, we thank you We ask for your Holy Spirit to descend upon us tonight, Lord, and to help me. Help me as I preach your word and help those to hear, Father, what you have for us tonight. And we'll be mindful to give you all the glory, Father, because it's all through you. In Christ's name we do pray and ask. Amen. Amen. I'm going to read a few verses to you before we get started. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 it says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. While you're in Titus, look at chapter three and look at verse 14. And it says, let ours also learn to maintain good works for necessary uses that they be not unfruitful. 1 Peter chapter 2, you don't have to turn there, verses 11 and 12, it says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conversation, meaning your walk, your attitude, the way you display yourself, honest among the Gentiles, That whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Titus 3 also, you're here, look at verse 8. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 8, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, and so shall you be my disciples. And that good fruit he was speaking about is good works. Many, 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 many scriptures speak of good works as Necessary not for our salvation, but becometh saints, that they act in such a way. I'd like to read you a little bit out of the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith, chapter 10 of Good Works. It says this, Good works are only such as God hath commanded in his holy word, and not such as without the warrant thereof are devised by men out of blind zeal. Or upon any pretense of good intentions. In other words, you can't go further than what the Bible says, what we should go for, even if you have great zeal for it. These good works done in obedience to God's commandments are the fruits and evidences of a true and lively faith. And by them, believers manifest their thankfulness, strengthen their assurance, edify their brethren. "...adorn the profession of the gospel, stop the mouths of the adversaries, and glorify God, whose workmanship they are, created in Christ Jesus thereunto, that having their fruit unto holiness, they may have the end, eternal life." "...their ability to do good works is not at all of themselves, but wholly from the Spirit of Christ." And that they may be enabled unto, besides the graces they have already received, there is a necessary and actual influence of the same Holy Spirit to work in them to will and to do of His good pleasure. Yet they are not hereupon to grow negligent as if they were not bound to perform any duty, unless upon a special motion of the Spirit, but they ought to be diligent and stirring up the grace of God that is in them good works is not a spectator sport God calls us to action in Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 it says let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven what are good works? Good works or obedience to the law of God. Simply stated, to love God with all your heart, your mind, soul, and body, and to love your neighbor as yourself. The first being the first table of the law, the second being the second table of the law. But we know by keeping the law we can't be justified. But this is the conduct of the Christian. I want to give you a brief explanation of the three uses of the law. That is, what the Reformers have coined it as. Number one, the civil or the moral law. It is to control mankind's behavior. If you would, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's look at verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or whether it be bad. For those who do not know Christ that day, a payment will have to be made. The law is there, and anyone who breaks this law will stand accountable. Revelation chapter 20, if you turn there. Verse 12. And it speaks of the judgment seat. John said that I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. The second use of the law. The law accuses us of our sin. It's a mirror. When you look into this law... And you read what it said in Deuteronomy, do this and live. The law shows us that we can't. If you would return to Romans chapter 7, Paul explains this. Romans 7, look at verses 7 through 11. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law. For I had not known lust except the law had said thou shalt not covet. But sin taking occasion by the commandment wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died and the commandment which was ordained the life I found to be unto death. For sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me, and it slew me. Look also at Galatians chapter 3. Paul talks about the law being a schoolmaster here to bring us to Christ. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. I'm sorry, 23. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we may be justified by faith. And thirdly the third use of the law as a guide for Christian living. And I just I spoke of the first two right here to lead up to this point. Look in Romans 6. Verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under the law but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Look at Romans 3. Verse 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. And in verse 31, it says, do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid, yea, we establish the law. The law is still in place for us to keep, but not for justification. John chapter 15, verse 12, it says, this is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command. This great salvation that has been given unto us has a call to action. Not for justification, but to adorn the gospel we proclaim. James chapter 1, Martin Luther's favorite book. He didn't like the book of James (laughs) because it spoke about works, faith without works being dead. Verse 25 in James 1, it says this. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Look also at Matthew 21. I'd love you to see something here. Matthew 21. Start in verse 33. Jesus speaking a par- parable here about the the vineyard. And he said, here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted the vineyard and hedged it around about and digged a wine press in it. And he built a tower and he let it out to husbandmen and went into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandmen took his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, They will receive reverence, my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said amongst themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. When the Lord of that vineyard cometh, what will he do unto those husbandmen? In verse 43 right here, it says, Therefore I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. This was a proclamation of the Jewish nation that would not bring forth good fruits. Jesus rebuked the Pharisees and the Sadducees time and time again, the preachers of Israel, that they did not bring forth good fruits, that they were vipers that they were evil men, that they would put burdens upon the people, that they would not even lift a finger to help them out. What is good works? In Micah chapter 6, verse 8, this is a very simple explanation of it. The prophet Micah, speaking by the Spirit of the living God, said, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doeth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, And to love mercy. And to walk humbly with thy God. Brothers and sisters, simply put, good works are to do what's right. To be merciful unto people. And to be humble. Mm -hmm. To esteem the other more important than ourselves. If you would, turn to Romans chapter 12. And let's look at some of these good works. Romans chapter 12, let's start in verse 3 and read to the end of the chapter. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, So we being many are one body in Christ and every one members of one another. Brothers and sisters, we belong to one another. Not one of us is higher than the other. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering or he that Mm -hmm. teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, Serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine I will repay saith the Lord therefore if thine enemy hunger feed him if he thirst give him drink for in doing so shall reap coals of fire in his head be not overcome of evil but overcome evil with good that was a good good list of good works what not to do how we should act If you would, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We all know this chapter. The chapter of love. And I love what Paul says here in verses 4 through 7. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself; it is not puffed up. It doth not behave itself unseemly. It seeketh not her own. It is not easily provoked. It thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. It bears all things, and it believes all things, and it hopes all things, and it endures all things. A more excellent way. Love. Our God so loved us that he gave. He gave of himself. And he called us as a church. His kingdom here on earth. To act like him. To give of ourselves one to another. Galatians 5.22. You know this. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Long-suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance against such there is no law because if you act in these ways brothers and sisters you have loved the Lord thy God with all your heart mind soul and spirit and you have loved your neighbor as yourself Ephesians 4 verses 1 through 3 you don't have to turn there Paul said, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called. And listen to the list here. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. If you would, turn to Philippians chapter 2. Paul speaking to the Philippians about being of one mind. Verses 1 through 5 If there be therefore any consolation in Christ. If any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my be my I'm sorry, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem the other better. Than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. A kingdom citizen does not act like the world does. The world will not lay down for anyone. It's dog eat dog out there. I know I work in sales. You got to be the first one out there. You got to give the best taglines. And people are there to step all over you. Kingdom people are not like that. You go out there with honesty and integrity, and you don't bend the rules. And you trust God with the results. Colossians chapter 3, if you turn there. Verse 12. Put on therefore as the elect of God holy and beloved bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. Sounds a whole lot like Ephesians 4, doesn't it? If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are also called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. First Thessalonians, Chapter Four. Mm -hmm. Give me a minute, I went the wrong way. First Thessalonians, Chapter Four, Verse Nine. But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed, ye do it toward all the brethren which are all at Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. And that you study to be quiet and do your own business and work with your own hands as we commanded you, that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without. And that you may have lack of nothing. More good works. Good works to them which are without. Not only to us here that are brethren. Titus chapter 2, if you'll turn there. Paul, speaking to this young preacher right here, he gave instruction to a call of holiness to all age groups. Look at verse 1. He says, But I, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in the faith, in charity and patience. That the aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. That they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands and to love their children. To be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God not be blasphemed. Young men, likewise, exhort to be sober-minded in all things, showing thyself a pattern, notice here, of good works, and doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Exhort servants to be obedient unto their masters and to please them well, in all things not answering again not purloining but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of god our savior in all things for the grace of god that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men good works are so necessary It's one thing to preach the gospel to somebody and tell them the truth of what God has done on the cross to save sinners. But for you to stand there and your life says totally something different. I'm guilty of that. Many, many, many times. It's not that my walk is going to transform a dead man's heart but it gives them accusation against my God that he showed so much grace to me. Why would I ever do anything? Such a dereliction of duty. James chapter 2 says this. What doeth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and he hath not works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. In other words, man, I'm sorry you're going through that. I'll pray for you. Notwithstanding you give them those things which are needful for the body. How about go buy them a hamburger? Sometimes, and not that I have ever seen this here, but I've seen it in other churches, sometimes people can so spiritualize things and, don't, and just miss the simplicity of what the Christian life is really about. And not those things which are needful for the body. What doeth it profit? Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. There has to be something behind what we believe. Christianity is not a spectator sport. God did not call us into this great salvation using a basketball term to ride the pine, to sit on the bench. We are to get in the game. Let's look at 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. And he sounds a whole lot like James right here. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso has this world's good and sees his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. There has to be some action behind what we say and what we believe. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. You don't have to turn there. It says, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Our brothers and sisters, I know firsthand when I first came to this church, I had some struggles. And y'all opened your bowels of mercies to me. You didn't say I'd pray for you. You gave those things which were needful. You showed the love of Christ to me. And I thank y'all for that. Not that we're perfect. But you know Christ dwells here because you could see the love amongst the brethren. And the words of Christ. The parable in the sheep of the goats, he said, When you have done this, to the least of the estimation of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. How do we serve our Lord in this world? We love others. We put our selfish ambitions aside for the furthering of his kingdom. And if you would turn to Second Peter and we'll close here. Second Peter, Chapter One, starting in verse three. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things pertaining unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us unto glory and to virtue. You're not in this race alone. You've been called to this. You've been equipped for this. Whereby are giving unto us exceeding and great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides these, he's going to give us a list of good works right here. Give all diligence to add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, And to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lay up in store for yourself treasures in heaven. Now, don't misunderstand me. This has nothing to do with your justification in heaven. If you are born again by the spirit of the living God, you're sealed. Your home is heaven. But as we sojourn and we pilgrim in this world, and we know this world is not our home, let us adorn the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and be truly a people, peculiar and zealous of good works amen father we thank you for this day lord we we thank you for this truth lord that by your divine nature you have given unto us all that we need to live a godly life we pray lord that you'd help us with this lord i have not attained this i fall so miserably short i pray that you help me in this lord above all things i'm preaching to myself tonight Help me, dear Lord. Help my brothers and sisters here. Help us as we walk this walk, Father, in this world, that we would be a light on the hill and that we would point people to you. In Jesus' name we do pray and ask this. Amen.